0: What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and we are going to get wild today. Sometimes I like to get wild with you guys. Sometimes we do some really specific topics, we get into some really deep stuff, and this episode is going to be wild. It's going to be bananas. I'm going to talk to you guys about circumstance, and we are going to dig deep into the concept of what is real what is reality? What is the heart of nature? And I've spent a lot of time contemplating this and researching this topic, and I believe it will help you understand the world, the universe, more deeply and begin to know what is true. Now, there's a lot of information here, so I'm just going to jump right into it. And I want you guys to know that as we go deeper into the layers of circumstance, there is an inversely proportional correlation. And that correlation is between what we see, what we know, or what we experience, and what is actually real, what is actually the heart of nature. In other words, the more we think something is true, the less it actually is. And the closer we get to the truth, the less we can know it. It is a paradox and it is counterintuitive. However, that is the way it is, and you guys are going to understand that as we go through this episode. Now, my goal with this podcast episode is not only to reveal more of the truth to you, it is also to help you see that fear is an illusion. There is only what is, and the more integrated you can be with the truth, the less suffering you will experience. We suffer, humans suffer, because we are misaligned with our personal truth, and we are misaligned with our personal truth due to our conditioning. Conditioning. And our conditioning as a whole, a part of our conditioning has to do with how we are taught the world is. When you know what is right in front of you, all around you, passing through you and living within you, you will know more of yourself and you will have less frustration, less anger, less bitterness, less disappointment, and less anxiety in your life. Okay, so let's get started. First off, remember, we don't see the world the way it is we only see the world the way we are. Remember, that's one of the alpha male tenets. And the way we are, when I say that we only see the world the way we are, that we are is split into two. There is the individual we, which means you, right? I don't see the world the way it is. I only see the world the way I am. That's the individual me. But there is also the collective we, and that is all of us. As humans, we don't see the world the way it is. We see the world only the way humans can see it. So at the individual level, the I am level, we see the world the way we are based on our personal conditioning. This is our personality. It's a part of what creates our personality. Now we have a personality behind the personality, of course. This is the true self. However, there is also a part of you that is not yourself and this is your conditioning. The blend of these creates an image of the world that prevents you from seeing it the way it is. This is where the subjectivity comes in, right? This is where the thoughts come in. This is where the T line of the model of alignment exists. It is highly susceptible to conditioning, yet it's also manageable and controllable. And I've talked at length about this when it comes to separating thoughts from facts and how most humans are stuck believing that their thoughts are facts. When this happens, we see the world the way we are individually. There is nothing wrong with this. It is only when our conditioning doesn't match our true self, and when our conditioning doesn't match our truth, when our personality of the way we're told to be and the truth of who we really are isn't the same, that's when we suffer and Unfortunately, my friends, nearly a hundred percent of the time, the way we're conditioned, the way we're told to be does not match the person we are supposed to be, which is why we feel confused, frustrated, angry, bitter, worried, doubtful, and anxious. The purpose of the academy is to remove the conditioning so you can live your life, you can discover your purpose, you can discover yourself, you can create amazing relationships, and you can accumulate wealth through success, satisfaction, and peace. Now, the other way we see the world is the way we are. And we don't see the world the way it is. We only see the way we are as a collective, which is as humans. And as humans, we see the world in a unique way that is for the human being. This is where we begin the podcast because this is the first layer of circumstance. Brothers, humans have a certain way of interacting with the world through their humanness, right? Through our humanness, we interact with the world a certain way. Our eyes see a certain way. Our eyes only see certain ranges of color. We can only see in light, for example. Other animals can see different variances of color. They can see at night. Our eyes see frequencies of color, right? waves. Other animals have different ways of intaking light. They have different ways of intaking depth and shadow and colors. So like infrared vision, they can see at night. It's the same with sound. We only hear, humans only hear at a certain decibel range. Other humans can hear lower sounds. They can hear higher sounds. And some animals even use sonar like bats and dolphins. How about smell? Our noses are pretty weak when it comes to The animal kingdom, right? When it comes to smell, our noses, our our sense of smell is pretty weak. Wolves, dogs, sharks, much greater sense of smell. And of course, the same is true of taste and of touch, right? The other two senses. So, as human beings, we don't see the world the way it is. We only see the world the way humans can see it, which is a fraction of a percentage of a fraction of what's actually there. Other animals see the world in different ways, in different fractions, in different percentages the way we communicate our human experience is through language. We have created stories about the world and we use language to tell those stories. It is our language that perpetuates the stories we all agree are true. This is the first layer of circumstance, which is broken into two sections. There is the natural circumstance and there is what is the man-made circumstance. So basically the first layer of circumstance is rooted in language and this is all we need. This is all we ever need to create an adequate model of alignment. Now the model of alignment I'm not going to go through. I'm going to recap this very briefly, but I'm not going to run through the entire universal truth for the sake of time because there's just way too much content in this particular episode to go through the entire universal truth. But I just want to remind you guys of what a circumstance is because when we build a model of alignment, the circumstance Is that which is neutral? That's one part of it. Another part of it is that it's out of our control, right? Circumstances are not out of our control, like the weather. If it's raining outside, that's a circumstance. People would say, yes, water's coming from the sky, but it's neutral. It's not good or bad. We have our thoughts about it, we have our subjectivity, but that goes in our thought line. That's our T it's out of our control. We cannot change the weather. And it's also something that everyone would agree to. So those are the three parts of circumstance, that they're neutral, that they're out of our control, and that they're things everyone would agree to. This means that there's no subjective language, right? This means that there's no adjectives. Once we start adding subjectivity, adjectives, and so on, then it becomes our thoughts. And the more specific we can be with our circumstance when we build and construct our models of alignment, the better. However, For the sake of instruction, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use very broad, general, and inclusive examples. So we have natural circumstances and we have man-made circumstances. A rock is a natural circumstance. And I know it's very broad, right? I'm not talking about any specific type of rock. I'm just saying a rock is a natural circumstance. A rock is neutral. It's neither good nor bad. It's out of our control. A rock is a rock as it exists in the moment. It's always going to be a rock unless we change it, but then we change it in a new moment, it becomes something else. But in this moment, it is unchangeable. And it is something that everyone would agree to because everyone looking at the rock, no matter what language they use, whether they speak Italian, French, German, Japanese, Spanish, English, it doesn't matter. In their language, they're going to say, this is a rock. Okay. So that's a natural circumstance. A $100 $100 United States note is a man made circumstance. A $100 bill is neutral, right? It's neither good nor bad. It is out of our control. It's not something that's controllable or changeable in the moment. And it's something that everyone would agree to. Everybody looking at this item in my hand would agree that it is a United States federal note with the value of $100. Now, look, these are both stories. The Rock is a story. The $100 bill is a story. And in the first layer of circumstance, even though they pass the test of being facts, right, given the three components of circumstance, that they're neutral, that they're out of our control, and that they're things everyone agreed to, they're still stories. They're just stories that we all agree to as human beings because we have the language. In other words, without humans existing, without the existence of human language, human beings, the first layer of circumstance disappears. And this is all we need to begin to practice and train the separating of our thoughts and facts. This is all we need to begin practicing and training the deconditioning of ourselves from our beliefs. This is also where we begin to understand the world as humans. One of the first things we do as humans is learn to communicate. We learn to speak and we learn to understand when we are spoken to. From little tiny kids, right? Like that's one of the first things we do. We learn how to walk. We learn how to talk. And from language, we build an understanding of the world. The problem is, and it's not a problem necessarily, but what happens is as we build this understanding, we also pull ourselves further away from the reality of what's actually there. To get closer to the truth, we have to go deeper. We have to go deeper into circumstance. We have to go into the second layer of circumstance. The second layer of circumstance is called direct experience. And I've talked to you guys about this very, very briefly over a hundred and 40 podcast episodes. I think I've talked about it maybe two or three times. This is the same. The direct experience, the second layer of circumstance is the same as the first layer with only one difference. You remove the language. So at this point, creating a model of alignment is not possible. Once we pass the first layer of circumstance, we can no longer do models of alignment. The universal truth still exists The law of cause and effect still exists, but we cannot do a model of alignment because the model of alignment, by definition, requires you to write down a circumstance in the C line. And this requires language, it requires writing. The reason we go deeper into circumstance and want to get to direct experience is not to construct models or to see the universal truth as it's playing out in our lives or in your life as you do your. Your model of alignment. It is to begin to pierce the heart of nature and experience more of what is. It's to get to the truth. To know what you want to construct for your house and what you want to have in your house, to know how you want your house to be built, you have to begin with the proper foundation. So we do go deeper into what's real, we do go deeper into circumstance. And the second layer of circumstance is the direct experience of what is without human beings. Now, this includes everything that is man-made, of course. So you have the rock and you have the $100 bill. Now, of course, the rock exists without human beings. The $100 bill is man-made, but they both exist today. So even in the second layer of circumstance, the $100 bill is still there. However, the story is not there anymore. You know, the rock is just a rock, but it's not a rock as we name it. We don't say this is a rock. We don't have that name. We don't have that story. We don't have that language. You know, it's a piece of the earth, but we can't say that either. Because we can't say it's not a piece of the Earth, because that's a name that we've given to this planet. Earth is a name we call this rock that we're living on. And it's not even a planet. We can't even say it's a piece of a planet because how do we know how to describe the large spheres of matter that exist in the universe? Like we've named them planets. So we can't even go that far. And you know, we could just keep going so on and so on and so on. The second layer of circumstance is undescribable because in order to describe it, I have to use language. (laughs) And how can I use language to describe the layer that has no language? So we keep going like this the rock is just there as it would be there without a human to observe it and to name it. Now similarly there's no value in the 100 dollar bill anymore either. There's no story to back that up, right? The 100 dollar bill may still exist, it's still there, but without humans what what value does it have? What is it worth? What is it exactly without a human to hold it, to touch it, to name it, to use it, to earn it? Like check this out brothers, have you ever seen the movie 28 days later? It's kind of a zombie movie, so if you're not into that kind of genre of movies, then you probably haven't seen it, but maybe you've heard of it. It's kind of a cult classic at this point. As far as I know, it's kind of a cult, cult classic. But here's, the, here's, a, here's a gist of it. Some scientists were researching rage, and they isolate the emotion of rage, and they infect some monkeys with it. And a group of animal rights activists break into the lab, and they try to free the monkeys. And of course, the monkey with rage attacks one of the humans, which sets off a chain reaction, a course of events where humans begin to be infected with this rage and they start going bananas on each other, right? So they start killing each other and eating each other and, you know, all kinds of craziness. That's why it's a zombie movie. Now, this one guy gets hit with a car while he's riding his bike and he ends up in the hospital while all this happened. So he doesn't know this has happened. He wakes up in the hospital 28 days later, 28 days after the outbreak. That's how you get the name of the movie. So he wakes up. He doesn't know what's happening, but this is where the movie begins. And he wakes up and everybody's gone, right? Just disappeared. Like there's nobody there anymore. The hospital's empty, the streets are empty, the buildings are empty. You know, there's cars out in the street that are collided into each other. There's just debris and trash just everywhere. Like nothing, like, you know, stray animals running around. Like there's nothing. Like no, no nothing's around. The people are gone. And he's wandering around in the street in his hospital clothes and he sees some money on the street. And he stops. And he picks up the money. Now there's no people around. You know, There's nowhere you can go to use this money. There's nowhere you can go to spend this money. But he stops and he picks it up and that's the craziness, right? The world has completely changed. Now, he doesn't know it at this point because for him, the story is still running. He doesn't know what's going on, but he's like, hey, there's money on the street. I'm going to pick this up. I might be able to use this because it still has a story. He's still attached to the story of money. But the world has completely changed. Like Humans are nearly non-existent. But he stops to grab the money on the ground because he has the story still running in his head. And the story we agree to around money changes when humans no longer exist. If all the humans were to have disappeared on that planet except for this one guy, what value would that money have? What would that money be? Money itself is an idea, right? It's a story. And in the second layer of circumstance, our direct experience with money is completely different. Our direct experience with the rock may or may not change because it is natural. It's the rock, right? But money may change drastically, very drastically. Consider water. What is water without the story? What is water without the thoughts that we have about it and the stories we all agree to about it? Can you see water without naming it? Can you look at a lake or a river and not have a thought about it, not name it and say lake or water or river? Can you put your hands in a river without using language to define the experience or understand the experience? This is the second layer of circumstance because we are getting further away from how we understand the world. We understand the world through language, through communication. So we're getting further away from how we understand the world. We're getting further away from what we think is known, but we're getting closer to being in the world the way it truly is. The more we let go of what we think we know, the more integrated we become with the truth. So we go deeper. We go deeper into circumstance, and we pierce the third layer. Now, the third layer of circumstance is cellular, molecular, and atomic. You can consider it to be the quantum layer of circumstance. At this layer, we see more of the truth, and yet none of us have the innate ability to live here, to land here at an existential level. It is a place that we know is true, but never experience. It is a place the spiritualists of the past and the scientists of the present have shown us, yet we continue to go on in our human experience of matter and density. The reason is because of ease and conditioning. It is easier to exist as a human in the human experience and as we are conditioned than it is to evolve into more of who we are through living in the truth and removing the shroud of conditioning from our lives. But ease and comfort bring with it repetition and stagnation. And as you all know, discomfort is the price of growth. Now, in the third layer of circumstance, flora and fauna become cells, just cellular objects, liquids, solids, and gases as elements and compounds become molecules and atoms. The movement of sound as a wave and vibration is a part of this layer of circumstance. From here, the world we see and hear completely ceases to exist. The human you know, the person you call friend or family member, is no longer a human form. But instead, it's a it's an amalgamation of cells put together to form a mass. Plants and animals are the same. Water is H2O. And depending on the ambient temperature, it may be ice or steam at the first and second layer of circumstance. But at the third layer of circumstance, The only difference is the distance between H2O molecules. You see, in the first and second layer of circumstance, there is ice, water, steam. At the third layer of circumstance, there is no distinction between ice, water, and steam. There is only H2O at varying distances. Even given that the air that we breathe in our atmosphere is made up of about 78% nitrogen and 21% hydrogen, and the other 1% is small amounts of other gases like carbon dioxide, neon, hydrogen, and so on. The space that we observe, the, the, the space between things that we observe in the first and second layer of circumstance, it, it starts to go away. It's, it's, it just disappears. The space between me and this microphone that I'm speaking into may appear to be empty. There may just be em- appear to be empty space there in the first and second layer. In the third layer of circumstance, There are the molecules and atoms that move, collide, and vibrate to push the sound along a path. So, at this layer of circumstance, you can see we're getting closer to the truth. Can you see that? Have you ever seen that? Has anybody ever explained it to you? As you look through your eyes, do you see the truth or do you see the space? And there is nothing to fear here. The truth is abundance. There is always all, there is always something. Nothing is a lie. No thing is a lie. Zero is a myth. Zero itself is man-made, brothers. Did you know that? Did you know that zero is a number that is man-made in the number system? It is not a necessary function of counting or measuring. Even in measuring an area under a curve, we can only do that as the limit approaches zero. Zero itself does not exist. And the existence of it has brought chaos and confusion to the world. Which is a topic that I'm not going to breach on this podcast episode. I almost did. I almost went down a rabbit hole there, but I'm not going to talk about that. That's that's a whole other thing. But have you heard this? Do you know this? That the world that exists within the world that we can't see, there is a world within our world. There's a smaller world. When you hear this, you know it instinctively as is, is true. If you ever been like to a, a, a quantum physics lecture or or seen a, a documentary on quantum mechanics, then you, you know instinctively it's true. When somebody tells you about it, you will know it's the truth even before you understand it, even before you really get it. You just know it's true. The power of getting to this layer of circumstance is breaking through the conditioning of what we see. We are so drawn to what we see. We are drawn to the visual. We are conditioned to the visual. We are conditioned to believe our stories based on our human experience, which is dominated by our sense of touch and sight. And when the five senses, all five of them touch, sight, smell, taste, and hearing when all five of them are deconditioned through the third layer of circumstance, a human being can integrate with more of the truth and less of the conditioning that draws them away from the truth. We think our knowing comes from what we can see, touch, taste, hear, and smell. And the third layer of circumstance penetrates this illusion and allows us to know at a level closer to what is. But we aren't done yet. (laughs) I told you guys, there's four layers, right? We still have one layer to go. The fourth layer of circumstance has been known for centuries, but it's been discovered by scientists only recently. There is a layer deeper than the layer of atoms, my friend. Atoms are actually made up of smaller particles, and this is where the fourth layer of circumstance lives. But first, a very quick astrophysics lesson, and I promise you I will not bore you with this. I'm going to make this very fast. About 13.7 billion years ago, an astronomical event called the Big Bang happened, right? You may have heard of the Big Bang, right? The most extraordinary thing about the Big Bang is that before this event, everything that had mass existed in one single particle that was smaller than an atom, this tiny little singularity. And then something ignited this singularity, ignited this speck, and the resulting explosion caused the universe to begin to expand. And I'm not going to philosophize with you guys on what caused the explosion and what existed before the explosion or anything else. Just stay with me here as I as I go through this with you. Because as the universe expanded and continues to expand at an ever-increasing rate, everything that existed. In that speck, in that in that tiny little ball of mass, separated into two groups, creating a basic duality. Those two groups are quarks and leptons. Now, quarks are the smallest known building blocks of matter, and they're usually found in combinations. Scientists have given them names. Of course, scientists love to name things, right? And there are six types of quarks. The six types of quarks are up, down, strange, charm, beauty, and truth. I'm not joking with you this is this is actually what the six types of quarks are named the up quark the down quark the strange quark the charm quark the beauty quark and the truth quark two of these six types of quarks gather together into two groups the up up down and the down down up and they form what are called the proton and the neutron of the atom so a proton is an up up down this groups of quarks and a neutron is a down down up now protons carry a positive Electric charge and neutrons carry an electrically neutral charge. They're electrically neutral elementary particles. Now, this is where things get wild, my friend. On the other side are the leptons, which are generally considered to be pure energy, pure light. And there are six different types of leptons as well. There are three different types of electrons and three different types of neutrinos. Now, electrons are negatively charged particles. So, you may remember from chemistry back in high school or college that when an electron, a proton, and a neutron come together, they form an atom. And different atoms have different amounts of protons, neutrons, and electrons based on the type of element or compound that they are. So, scientists have determined that if we add up everything that we know as atomic, which is to say that everything that has mass, we take everything that has mass in the universe all the things on this planet including the you know the stars the galaxies you know you me this computer like everything that has mass in the universe all the things we will discover that total the total mass to represent about 10% of the entire universe so what is the other 90% made up of it's made up of the fourth layer of circumstance the field of neutrino now here's what is so awesome about this Neutrinos are capable of leaving an imprint because they are particles carrying mass. Neutrinos are subatomic particles. So they were once thought to be pure energy, pure light, which means that they had no mass. However, they travel at about 1% to 2% slower than the speed of light. So they're not pure energy. It's been proven that the largest of these unusual and like barely detectable particles have a very tiny amount of mass because of the way they travel. If they were to travel at the speed of light, then they would be pure energy, pure light. But because they don't, they must have a mass, you know, that the Einstein, you know, energy equals mass times the square of speed of light. So they're very, very tiny, but they're so, so tiny because they travel so, so fast, just one to 2% slower than the speed of light. So they're actually in mass about one millionth the weight of a proton. However, having mass allows neutrinos to carry information because everything that has mass has information. And simultaneously, they're small enough. So not only do they carry information, but they're small enough to pass through any atomic barrier without resistance. And when I say atomic barrier brothers, I'm talking they, they're moving through atoms. So they travel through planets, they travel through stars, they travel through our our bodies. That's how small they are. They're traveling through cells, through atoms, through cells, through everything. Now, essentially what this means is that these very extraordinary particles are penetrating us with bits of information all the time, and we are living in and moving through a vast, continuous, and inescapable information field. Welcome to the fourth layer of circumstance. You see, you and I and all the universe exists in a sea of information. We are all cohabitating in this sea of information, exactly like all the fish in the ocean live in the water that makes up the ocean. And this field or sea, whatever you want to call it, this sea or field of information is the truth. Now, listen, Brothers, I have not the vocabulary. I have not the understanding. I have not the knowing to explain what this information is. I can only use the very limited and subjective word love. We live in this field of love. Love passes through us and exists all around us. We can't escape the continuous and infinite field of love. And so what? So what does it all mean, Mr. Mr. AO, Mr. Alpha Male Coach, I'm going to tell you what it means. It means you can let go, brother. It means you can stop being afraid. It means you can stop fearing failure or fearing rejection. You can stop having doubt about your life and about yourself. You can stop suffering. It's no longer necessary, my friend. You are in the field of love. You can't escape this field. You cannot not be a part of it. It is passing through you all the time, passing information To you and from you. It is keeping you, knowing you, and guiding you. You can surrender to the truth of the fourth layer. My brothers, when we suffer, it is because we are not aligned with the truth. It is because we are conditioned to be in the first layer of circumstance. And in the first layer, we have stories and we have separation, we have illusion and we have suffering. We can exist in the first layer and we can live in the second layer this is where we are all one. This is where we have unity without uniformity. In the first layer of circumstance, we have fear and doubt. We don't know who or what we are. We see lack and space. We see separation and distance. And from this place, we disconnect with the truth and we disconnect and we start to want. That's what we do. We want. We want because we feel lack. We want and we take we see what isn't there. We see the space itself and we want to fill that space. The external space is the internal space. The emptiness within is the emptiness without, but there is no space. This is the illusion of the first layer. And as we go more deeply into circumstance, we move away from illusion and into truth. And yet at the same time, we move move away from what is known and we move into what is unknown. We cannot know the fourth layer. It is invisible. I call it love. I call it energy. But we can't know it. We can't know it existentially. We can't know it through our five senses. There is only the integration of the truth and the deconditioning of the mind. The more we do this, the more you can decondition your mind, the more you will reveal to yourself the truth of who you are. You are already there, right there. We are not here to want. We are not here to take. We are not here to suffer. That is the misalignment with ourself and the consequence of conditioning. We are here to give. We are here to create. We are here to contribute. We are here to exist in love to give love, to be loved, to experience love, and to allow love to be continuously emancipated through us, with us, and for us. And that's what I got for you guys today. Until next week, my brothers, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha. Your Guide to Shifting to the Alpha Mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.